Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to your, your I, I Do, do Crew. to let you tell our listeners a little bit about your business and what you do. And, and so how would how would you describe your business and what you do? Um, so I am a boutique wedding and event planner and stylist. So I help people um, design their wedding from concept through to the execu- execution on the day. So everything from mood boarding, um, looking at suppliers and sourcing venues and things like that. And, you know, just bringing it all together for them so they're not stressed and they have a fantastic day. Wonderful. I love that. I love taking the stress out of things for couples. It's such a wonderful thing to do. And as we're all so stressed right now, it sounds even nicer. Yes, definitely. My motto, my motto is more joy, less overwhelm. Ooh, that's a good motto. So usually I ask people how they came up with their business name, but yours is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. So my name is Kinder, like the egg. So pronounced like Kinder egg, even though it's spelled Kinder. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I didn't want like a, a gimmick for my business. And my name's quite original and unique and the events mm-hmm. that I do and the weddings I do have a signature feeling. So I am my brand. So I just mm-hmm. named it after myself. <laughs> Perfect. No. So is your name a family name or? Uh, no, it's, I, even in my culture, I don't know anybody else named Kinder. Hmm. I embrace that and I agree. I'm the same way. Yeah. I think my ex-boyfriend was originally called Time because they needed mm-hmm. more time to name him. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I think they were quite hippie-ish as well. But when I was younger, I didn't really like my name because obviously people kept saying Kinder Surprise, Kinder Egg. But obviously as mm. I older, people were like, oh, that's a really unique name. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then how do you pronounce your last name? Because I looked at it and I said, I'm not even going to try that. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, it's Sisupan. So they're both silent H's. So people often say Sisupani. I'm like, I don't know where the extra Y came from, but it's Sisupan. Okay, wonderful. And then where where does that come from? So it's from Laos. Oh, wonderful. Thailand. Yeah. So my parents are from Laos, but I was born born in England. Very cool. Very cool. So you have so many elements of different cultures coming together to kind of inform your aesthetic and who you are. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely embrace both cultures. And I love doing weddings where there's like interfaith or intercultures, because it's just good to see those kind of relationships coming together. It really is. I love those as well. Those those are some of my favorite weddings, interculture, interfaith, blending different traditions and finding what's unique about them and really highlighting those through the ceremony. And for me, as a celebrant or an officiant, I usually get to do that through incorporating religious traditions or any sort of spiritual traditions from different faiths. Um, but you, as the the planner designer, you can take everything. Yeah, you can take everything on it from the food, from the ceremony to what they're wearing and just the aesthetics of it is just beautiful. Like, especially when you do like Asian Laotian weddings, they have the traditional, you know, the garments that are so bright and bold and colorful. And they have like in Laotian culture, they march the groom up to the house and he it's almost like he has a tribe behind him and he has to ask permission to enter the family mm-hmm. and they have to give him that permission and he has to give them money. 
to bribe oh my gosh. to get in. So yeah, and I think that the elder of that family has to accept it before they they let him into the house to see the bride. Wow. Yeah. It's cool. That's so fun. That is so cool. That reminds me, there are some similar um, Indian traditions. A friend, a few of my friends are Indian, and we went to an Indian wedding a few years ago up in Detroit, Michigan, and the groom rode up on a horse, and he had a saber at his side, and he had to get down off of his horse. And there was a whole, there was dancing and music before he was even able to enter into the hotel, because it was at the the downtown Marriott, and so it was. <laughs> Interesting to see the the classic culture and the classic tradition merged with downtown Detroit architecture. Yes, it's amazing, isn't it, when you blend the two? Because I've worked a few Indian weddings, and they go from the very tradi- traditional drumming, you know, all the the mendi on the hands and stuff, and then they have a very Western entrance, like almost like a OK magazine with the slideshow in the background and like some mm-hmm. like, David Getter in the background <laughs> as they come out. So yeah, the contrast is amazing, but it's just the it's the celebration vibe, and that's the same in every culture: happiness and celebration. That's just universal. It is. It is. It's so universal in that that aspect of love. And that's what I tell couples when they're asking about what's the wedding about? What should our theme be? And I said, well, the theme is love and commitment. You're making a choice to be together and it's all about celebrating that. Oh my goodness. So how did you get into this industry? How did you find out that this was something that was important to you? So I never intended to do weddings. So I've been in events since I graduated. And then I decided to take a late gap year in 2012, when I think I was about 28. And I went to live in Canada. And I was like, I don't really want like a proper job. I just want to, I'm here to discover myself. I'm on a journey. And then I took mm-hmm. an internship to do wedding coordination. So I started doing blogging um, for the wedding company and helping out at, you know, ex- exhibitions and shows. And then I started doing on the day assistance as well. Mm-hmm. And then one day, my, the head planner sprained her ankle. And she's like, I can't walk. I was like, what do you mean you can't walk? She went, you're going to have to. And you're going to have to oversee this wedding. And she just gave me the clipboard. So she, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. She went, just follow the clipboard. We need to go sit me down. I'm going to call my husband to come and help you. So she literally threw me in the deep end and I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And she was so, she praised me so much. I was like, oh, actually, this is something I can do and that I really enjoy. And I just got such a buzz at that point that I knew that I wanted to be a wedding planner when I moved back to England. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was very awesome. So totally unintentional. It was never, uh, you know, a plan for me to become a wedding planner. But so many wedding uh, vendors, so many wedding professionals that I know have that same experience. It was not on their radar in any way, shape or form, but through chance fate, getting thrown into it and discovering that that love of being there on the day of the the feeling, the emotion. And then in your case, just being in control of everything. once you you get to see the family members and the couples smiling and laughing and so happy that it's just such an overwhelming feeling I don't Mm -hmm. know how to explain it like I'm sure you understand as well like it's just a different kind of buzz it is it absolutely is it um there are a few things that fill your heart in that way as 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 being part of that day it's uh as I always tell people I have the best job in the world I, I really do so not not to say anything about your job, but I like I like mine. <laughs> yeah, well, it make, they make you feel like family. Like once you you really get the clients that match with you, you feel like part of the family. They really invite you in, and they really trust you. You know, to make their special day happen for them. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Do you try to stay in touch with your couples and families after the wedding? 
Yeah, so obviously that when the anniversaries come up, I always do posts and say congratulations and I see how they're mm-hmm. doing. Like obviously some of them go on to have kids and it's when you see that because you kind of stay following. They'll stay following you even though they're married because they just want to support and they like what you do. But then, mm-hmm. you know, seeing you catch up where, when, when they've had kids or they've had other milestones in their life. And then some couples will use you for planning other events later down the line because obviously they enjoyed what you did for their wedding. So yeah, that's wonderful that as well. So, so it really is like becoming part of their family. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> but I'm also lucky to combine my love of travel and events by doing destination weddings. So mm. that's something I love to do. So, so far it's taken me to Europe, Africa, the Caribbean. Because for me, love is not bound by borders. So yes. I love collecting stamps in my passport. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit of a personal and selfish reason but yeah apart from that yeah no that's perfectly fine you can there's no there's nothing that says you can't enjoy what you do and then get personal pleasure out of it as well yeah so i, I try and find couples that will help me um complete my world scratch map <laughs> oh wonderful see yeah. i so i have not yet been asked to do a wedding outside of america so i'm just putting that out there in the universe if anyone needs a celebrant and officiant i will get licensed for wherever you are <laughs> if you ever need me if you ever have a need in london let me know Definitely, we need to hook something up absolutely well i always ask our our experts what is something that you sometimes get misconceptions or myths from your couples about but you had an interesting idea specifically in some in what's going on right now in the world with this worldwide health crisis pandemic and you had some ideas about how couples can amend their plans in light of everything going on right now yeah so definitely um the message is where where possible and ideally is to postpone rather than cancel because Mm -hmm. like it or not we are in an unprecedented time for the wedding industry not only for couples but for the wedding professionals too that is like their livelihood and everything that they do so they're going to be bending over backwards to try and help their couples you know be flexible to try and organize their wedding at a later date um Mm -hmm. you know it's a sad and emotional time for all involved but what's really important is that there's love love for one another love for each other and just we just need to all pull through this together yeah you know yes um for the couples it's very distressing and disheartening and you know to lose one of the most important days of celebrating celebrating their love together but we have to remember that love isn't cancelled and that the marriage is more than important than that one wedding day yes uh, when it does happen, it will be epic and it will be special. And all those suppliers would have pulled together to make that happen for them. And that there's so many ways that can happen right now. So, so obviously there's some Zoom weddings going on, a lot of virtual wedding planning mm-hmm. in light of the pandemic. Um, and as the social, as the lockdown restrictions um, get lifted, it, we're going to be seeing more unique um intimate weddings more micro weddings and that's what i really wanted to talk about moving on from so maybe you had a large wedding plan but maybe the pandemic has um allowed you to assess what the wedding day means to you and perhaps you want to like scale it down to make it more your nearest and dearest and have that smaller wedding where you can really bespoke and personalize everything and actually have more time to make it that that bit more special and very personalized and bespoke to you as a couple yes That makes total sense. You have this time, this space. We've been given this time and space 
I'm going to put this in the best light possible. We've been given this time and space to to reevaluate everything. And we've really evaluated so many different things. Um, this pandemic has caused us to look at everything in a different light. And just as you said, they can reevaluate what's important to them. And the micro wedding is such an interesting concept to me because we have sort of seen weddings getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But maybe this is going to be the the boomerang effect or the, the bungee effect of that. Yeah, I think so. In, li- in light of the pandemic, people are going to want to keep their loved ones safe. So as soon as we can do so, I think when we have smaller weddings, so a micro wedding is anything up to 40 people. Mm-hmm. So if, if depending on when the restrictions lift, you can still have that many guests, maybe two meters apart, and it still feel like an amazing day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it all depends on the restrictions. But there's so like, a lot of suppliers are now going out of their way to offer virtual appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself have devised a new package to help um, couples plan um, virtually and bring suppliers together so that they're kind of educated and knowledgeable about who is still ser- like providing services and goods for them to be able to keep planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just all about, you know, communication and keeping couples in the know that all wedding suppliers are here to help. Yes, it is. And in your particular in your particular profession as the planner, you are coordinating all of that. And so there's so much stress in well, I don't want to say stress, but there's so much focus on what you do in coordinating all of that and you you're helping your couples avoid the overwhelm. Removing a wedding can be so overwhelming. So it is so vital to have someone like you to help and organize and coordinate all of that. And I did want to just make one small footnote for our American listeners, two meters is about six feet. Okay. But- <laughs> Sorry. About the difference in, in measurements there. Oh, no, it's okay. We are, we are, we're fine. We know that America is the, the odd child out when not using the metric system. So we just have to always make that clarification. They're one very tall person apart. <laughs> yes. That is wonderful. I'm, I'm trying to raise my son to understand the metric system and it's just a, a very fun thing to explain things to him in kilometers. And then he says, but the book says miles. I said, yes, but I want you to be able to talk to people outside of our neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. Um, Although to be fair, I don't actually know how far a mile is, even though that's the term we use. I, I can't work out how far it is. <laughs> it's something like 5,000 feet, but don't ask me to convert that to meters. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin on that one. Perfect. We'll, we'll come back to that one. That'll be a later episode. Yeah. Metric to imperial conversions. So again, like you said, love is not canceled. And I love that. I love that phrase. I love that sentiment. Love is not canceled. Love will survive through all of this. This is not the end of of love. Um, And I've been talking to a lot of my couples who have been rescheduling about this is your chance to really, as you've said, decide if what you had before was what you wanted. And if it is, then wonderful. We just have to scale back to within the the bounds of what we're allowed to do and keep everything the same. But if you want to make changes to make it more personal, this is the perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, I see the COVID-19 as the gift of time to really rethink and get quality time together because it is more about the relationship and marriage than it is about the party. Although I'm all about the celebration as well. <laughs> yes. Um, but the micro wedding, it doesn't mean that you spend less money. You Maybe if you downscale it, you spend more money on those that are truly important to you, that mm-hmm. you truly want there. Because I've always been a big believer to, of don't have people on your wedding guests that you haven't spoken to in at least the last six months because they're not in your 
life presently. Yes. It doesn't make sense for them to be there to celebrate because they probably don't even know you and your partner. So it's just a different kind of feeling. It is. It is. And it makes all the sense in the world to to keep it more personal and to keep it with those you're more intimate with. And I, I love the term micro weddings. And it's so interesting to me that when I talk to different planners in different areas, it can mean different things. For you, it's 40. Uh, I talked to a planner last week from California who said 50. Um, but it's kind of in that range of, of sort of 40 or 50 and, and under to be a micro yeah. wedding. So yeah, micro weddings, for, for me, actually, it's between 40 and 70, because it's not just the actual numbers, it's the vibe, mm-hmm. rather than the actual numbers. Because sometimes a wedding is large, but it can feel small and vice versa. So it's just how you make the, the vibes feel at the wedding. That makes so much sense. It, it is a, just a more intimate experience. Yes. So it's, for me, it's not a numbers game. It's how they bring the wedding together to make it feel intimate for those that are there. That's such a great point because I have certainly gone to weddings where there were 200 guests, but I still felt like I mattered and I was part of the day. But I've gone to weddings as a guest where there were 100 guests, but I simply felt like a face in the crowd and I had maybe one interaction interchange with the couple saying, oh, hello, thank you for coming. And then they were gone. So yeah. it's not necessarily about the numbers. It's about that, 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 that je ne sais quoi, that feeling. Yeah, exactly. I actually have that on my website, the je ne sais quoi. And then people are like, I don't know what this says. I'm like, if you have a French background, you want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is such an interesting phrase because I, I believe the translation is, I don't know what. Yeah. So, so it's that, it's that certain, I don't know what. Exactly. So you specialize in creating that feeling then? Yeah, because it was actually one of the first wedding destinations wedding I did. And there was 70 people and they all knew each other. So there was no introductions needed. There was very much that family, friends vibe because they all had history. Mm-hmm. Like they all had stories with each other already. And I really felt that. And when I brought that wedding together, that the way they thanked me for it, because I made their bond even more precious mm-hmm. and that intimate celebration. So after that, I just knew that intimate weddings was going to be my jam. <laughs> and you started off not knowing what you wanted to do. And you got into the situation and said, oh, hey, I love this. This is wonderful. And then did again, further narrow and find your focus in that way has been so great. Yeah, because obviously the logistics is the same, but the feeling is completely different when you do an intimate wedding compared to like a 150 Mm -hmm. not just by the numbers but yeah just the format of it it just feels completely different Mm -hmm. so when couples are looking for that intimate wedding how are they finding you um so i get a lot of inquiries through my instagram because i post a lot of of elopements and intimate weddings Mm -hmm. and it's all about the feels so it's not it's just my my mantras as well that I put out there, like marriage quotes, it's all about the romance, the intimacy, and about the relationships rather than just the wedding day. Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole concept, if you like. Yeah, that makes sense. I love and I love your your big bold line on your website. Don't ask me how my brain works; it just happens. Yeah, literally. Sometimes some things will come to me, like I'll find out things about the couple, and then I'll in, like introduce something. And they're like, "We never would have thought of that." I was like, "Neither would I," but my brain works in a really weird way. <laughs> like I did a styled shoot, and I brought because I do acro yoga. Mm-hmm. So we brought an acro yoga couple to do that in their wedding outfit, and you know, because acro yoga is about trust. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to reflect that on the wedding day. It's about your partnership. It's about the trust. It's about the love and creativity that you have together. Mm-hmm. 
That is so unique and so cool. I love that. I feel the very same way when people ask me how I write wedding ceremonies because we tend to make our ceremonies very, very personal for the couples. We don't do cookie cutter weddings. And I see that neither do you do cookie cutter weddings. And when folks ask me, well, how do you come up with these things? Like, I don't know. It's just my brain. So I feel that. I feel we are, we are, we are soul siblings. Yeah. Or a ton, even. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's when you meet the people, something happens, like you feel stuff for them. Yes. Whatever they give out to you, you kind of give back to them. And it's the creative brain that allows you to create that something special that's reflective of their personality, which they may not have seen for themselves. It is. And that's why it's so important to find wedding pros who who vibe with you as a couple. It's so important to find a wedding, you know, a planner, an officiant, a celebrant, what have you, that gets you and that understands your relationship and that you have that connection with. Because if you don't have that connection, then it will be much more transactional. It will be much more cookie cutter because it kind of has to be if you don't have that connection. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I have to explain to them sometimes the difference between a wedding planner and a wedding coordinator at a venue. It's not the same Mm -hmm. because we go and we, you know, much deeper in the planning to do with the couple themselves rather than the logistics of the venue and the building. Yes. Yes. On-site planners do. Um, So yeah, if people do want to... a cookie cutter wedding i'm not against it but there's specific planners for that and they're more likely hotel banqueting suite kind of weddings mm-hmm. and you know they have their markets so each to their own you know i don't judge anyone but i'm definitely all about the personality the best spoke and personalization well and it allows you to really shine and it allows you to bring forward your best skills and it's really much more enriching for everyone involved if you're able to all have that much deeper connection with the with the theme and with what they want. Exactly. Wonderful. So that's maybe something that couples need some education on is to the the difference between a planner versus an on-site coordinator. And I do love that that that's a very clear line. And to be fair, I love working with both because either way it takes stress off of my shoulders. <laughs> Anything that takes the stress away from you. <laughs> Truly. I mean, if I don't have to worry about getting them lined up to walk down the aisle and try to cue them, if someone else can do that, all the better. Yeah, exactly. See, for, for me, for planners, I don't call it stress. It's adrenaline. Mm. Because it comes so naturally for me to plan and organize, what the buzz I get from actually overseeing a wedding day is adrenaline. It's not stress and I thrive on it. So the more like complicated it is, the more buzz I get, I want to make sure that it goes perfectly. That makes absolute sense. That I, I like that. It's adrenaline. It's not stress. And I understand that. I, I have the, the same experience being a celebrant, being up in front of a crowd. Uh, they say that most people fear public speaking more than death. But for me, I am most at ease when I'm up in front of a crowd of people and able to do what I love. And so I asked my wife about that and she gets a, a deer in the headlights look in her eyes. That's the last thing that she wants to do is speak in front of people. But for me, it, it is that same with you. It's the adrenaline. It's that feeling of being in control and and making sure that everything goes perfectly for this couple who has put their trust in you. Yeah. But it's kind of like feel the fear, but do it anyways. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, once you face your fear, you become more confident. So Exactly. So what type of a time frame do you usually work with your couples to plan their wedding? Is it different for everyone or is there sort of an ideal timeline that you like to use? Um, Yeah, ideally a year before. (laughs) A year for full plan. 
Um, I take partial planning as well up to six months before and then some people want on the day but it depends on my availability and how complicated their wedding is but that can be up to six weeks before. Okay. Yeah and obviously if it's suppliers that I already have known and worked with it's a lot easier so I do tend to ask them what suppliers do you already have in place or if they've come from my um, venues that I'm already preferred suppliers a lot easier to work then. Yes. But yeah, ideally up to a year in advance is especially if you've got a venue that's, you know, um, in high demand, Mm -hmm. which venues are going to be now because everyone from 2020 has gone to 2021. Oh, goodness. So getting a new date. Yeah, I can imagine that's proving quite. I do actually feel for the venues at the moment because they're the ones that they have a more tangible asset to play with. There's more than one offering they can give. So to negotiate that, I guess, could be difficult. And I think sometimes couples don't understand that it's not a like-for-like swap for them to give them a high-peak season date when they've booked an off-peak date. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's just the level of understanding as well that it, we are a business. As much as we don't want to refer to the small print of contracts and things like that, it, there just has to be some compassion somewhere. Yes, and that's we've been working with that as well with all of our reschedulings. The ideal would be for couples who are having to move from right now to take an off-peak day either later this year or next year because if we've already lost your date for this year, then we've already lost that revenue, that income. We still have to pay our mortgages, our rent, put food on the table. So it is it is so tough. And my heart goes out to these couples. It it really is heartbreaking to to know that they their original vision couldn't happen. But like you said, the ability to take the time and to reevaluate and to maybe make a much more meaningful ceremony for themselves is is really the gift that we can look at at this point. Yeah, totally. So what is something that has taught you the most in your time in this profession? What is what is the single biggest lesson that you've learned and how'd you learn it? So I used to work for another wedding company. I used to be director of a wedding company that wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously I had to do what was dictated to me. And they were entirely driven by sales and not what the couples wanted. So going from a wedding planner to almost like a glorified salesperson to sell these cookie cutter weddings. They had amazing venues, don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't where my passion lied. It's not what I loved. And I was working over 60 hours a week doing like weddings, like, I didn't love they were just churning out quick Kyoto weddings forcing couples to use only their preferred suppliers Mm -hmm. so for me that was a real eye-opener that made me realize like why am I working so hard for someone else's wedding company where I can be doing it for my own like I have what it takes to be a wedding planner it's obviously I just won't be associated with a venue and that's fine and that's when I broke from them I was like I'm gonna make my own wedding business and really make a go of this because I'm really passionate about celebrating individuality and couples being themselves with the freedom to personalize their wedding, not having to use, you know, said suppliers just because they've used that venue. Mm -hmm. And I get that sometimes that has to apply, but I just, I tend to work with suppliers and couples who want this freedom to be able to, you know, have that Um, flexibility to do what they want to do and that in my eyes do what you love and love what you do is my passion and Mm -hmm. the blood sweat and tears is worth it for that not for someone else's company that have made you do it their their way with no working ethos (laughs) yeah that makes all the sense in the world I, I I completely agree. It's so hard to work for someone else if you don't believe in what they're doing or the way that they're doing it, or if you see that they're not treating other people with the respect that you would. And so going out on your own while it is scary, terrifying sometimes, 
or having to recreate everything from the ground up, it's daunting, but the ability to be able to do what you in your heart know is right for your couples, for your clients is such an amazing ability. Yeah. When it aligns with your heart and your passion, you really go for it because then it's not work. You're doing it because you love it. And I think that's what most people in the wedding industry do. They do it because they love it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so we do it because we love it. And sometimes when we go to other weddings and see that someone else is doing it wrong, sometimes we get a little judgmental. It is really hard to go to a wedding and not pick out things like, I'm just going to bite my tongue. I wouldn't have done it like that. It is. It's so challenging. I Every time I go to a wedding and their celebrant is just boring, droning on, that's nothing about the couple. I just get, I get so uncomfortable and I just want to, I want to take over, which I know is a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard because it's like with anything, if you're a professional in something and you see something else being done differently, you just want to help them fix it. It's not that you, you're judging. <laughs> Right. You can do it in your head. You can do it in the vision or imagination of your brain, and that's enough. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and and it's in specifically with us with weddings, it's because we want the best for the couple, no matter who it is. Especially if we're attending a wedding, then we have some personal connection to the couple, so we want them to have the best experience possible. Yeah, definitely. It's all about them. It's their day, regardless. And I, I always say to my couples, regardless of what happened outside of your control, just enjoy your day. Come rain or shine, you just choose to have the mindset to enjoy it. That's a wonderful piece of advice. I love that. Just choose to enjoy it, rain or shine. I always encourage my couples, usually we have a rehearsal the night before the wedding, and I always end the rehearsal by taking them aside and saying, take every time, every moment that you can tomorrow to just be in the moment and try and absorb it and try to remember it because it will be a blur when you look back on it from the future. Yeah, it's very quick, doesn't it? It is. I said, try and make take every every possible second. And if you're not seeing each other before the ceremony, then certainly once you see each other at the ceremony and from every moment thereafter, try and just capture those moments in your mind so that you don't look back the next day and say, what happened? Mm, exactly. Really embrace the moments and the memories together. Yes. So when you're working with couples, what would you say is your secret sauce? <laughs> My secret sauce was sriracha. <laughs> <laughs> Something with a bit of spice and kick. And also because I'm Asian and it's totally mispronounced. It's not sriracha at all. If you say it the Asian way, it's silasa. Oh, really? Yeah. I can speak Thai, so I vouch. It's called silasa. Oh my gosh. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, the Western world have been calling it sriracha, so I'll go with that since, <laughs> since I live in that modern world. <laughs> so your secret sauce is sriracha. We always have a bottle of that in the cupboard. My wife loves spicy food. See, for, yeah, for me, it's been in our cupboard since I was like a child. So when it went like all out in the world, I was like, yes, I don't see what the big deal is about this sauce. I've been having it since I was three. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just ahead of the curve. Yeah, well, I'm just Asian. So <laughs> there you go. That's what was in our cupboards. Oh my gosh. Is Do you have anything big coming up that you want to promote or just we're waiting for the social distancing restrictions to ease up. Yeah, my kickstart package for Inspire and Style to guide couples through planning during the lockdown situation. And where can they find that? Um, so I'm actually going to have got a phone call right after this to come up with it. But basically, it's my the, my original package is Kickstart Inspire and Style, but I'm going to um, tweak it a little bit to make it more virtual planning. Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking 
is that I source all the suppliers for them and they have one day planning where I send them champagne and they enter my bridal suite, which is my Zoom room. (laughs) (laughs) And I have the the consultations lined up for them back to back. And like if they've got cake tasting, it's just like a whole virtual kind of planning experience for the whole day. That's so cool. Yeah. And so kickstart, inspire and style. Yeah, so it's my so it's a it's a package that already exists, but I think more than ever now people need that kickstart because they don't know where to start, especially with knowing what suppliers are still um out there and still operating. Yes, absolutely. That it is it is very curious because we have seen, unfortunately, a number of wedding businesses go out of business just because of the industry being shut down for this yeah. this one of our most major seasons. Exactly. And a lot of them have pivoted as well. So, And they might have found their new passion is not actually weddings anymore. That's true. <laughs> yes. Much in the same way that you found that weddings are your passion, they may have found that suddenly child photography is what they want to do. So right now, with everything going on in the world, what is something that's bringing you joy? It doesn't have to be wedding related, but it can be. Well, see, I'm lucky because I actually have another business where I run um, mentoring for other female entrepreneurs. Oh, during that COVID time, it's really allowed me to hang out with these female entrepreneurs and nurture them in my membership space. And that's grown to over 300 members. Wow. And I've just been helping them follow their dream job and to live their best life and to, you know, make their business their passion. And it's because I want to give back and encourage everyone to have that freedom to enjoy the life they want. And if that means running your own business, doing what you're passionate about, and I'm like, all for it. So I've just been hanging out with them. And plus, because I'm on my own, I'm like, this is who I need to see every day. So I just, I'm on Facebook Live with them every day. That's fantastic. I mean, that's that's so valuable. That's so wonderful being to to coach them and to to give them that that empowerment to do that themselves. Yeah, I'm actually waiting for my T-shirt to come in the post. The empowered women empower women. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like taking forever. <laughs> I don't know where it is. It's actually probably coming from the states. Oh, so yes, our our whole postage system has been very strange with everything going on. Yeah. It's a very surreal time and it's both enlightening and sad. Yes. Luckily, I don't know anyone like immediately that's had deaths in the family and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's just um, forced people to look at like their mental health, their well-being, their self-care routine. Like I've really actually enjoyed being at home, cooking and baking and having the time to look after myself because I'm normally on the go all the time. Mm hmm. I'm barely home. So to have this time to reassess and do things for my business and, you know, and find the love for my couples again and support my existing clients and, you know, try and help new ones. Because on my Instagram, I posted like, even if you're not my clients, please do DM me if you have questions. I'm there to help. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not all, it's not about the money. It's about making sure these couples get their wedding day. I think that's the best, that's the best possible way to take away from all of this is certainly no one is looking at this and saying, what a great situation we've walked into, but we can take away what the most benefits that we can take away. And I think that was just so very insightful. All right, well, I will let you get to your phone call for your for your next thing, but I want to say thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you so much for having me. I had great fun doing it. I'm so glad, Kinda. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Good, and I hope you'll be saying Sriracha, Sriracha the right way, Silasa. I am going to put that on repeat in my headphones so I will learn to say it the right way. And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. 
Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com slash crew, or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play, and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. Cheers. I want to get... Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.